Just to let you know, we might be using some of our grown-up words on this episode. So if you have any kids or co-workers around, you might want to think about putting them to bed a little early tonight. Wait. Hi, I'm Adam. And I'm Lisa. And this is Designated Parent. A podcast where we look at children's programming through the lens of adult beverages. Cheers. Cheers. So, that's a bummer. Like, we had such a good ping last night. (laughs) Stemware. With with stems. (laughs) Yeah, it helps. Um, Yeah, most of the time when we drink wine, we drink it out of stemless uh, wine glasses. They break less. They break less. Um, yeah, it's but they consideration. don't. They don't make a great uh, chime when you when you clink them. Oh well. So, so how was your week going? Uh, okay, it was very busy. I know, right? I felt I felt like it was very busy. It was, but it was good. Mm-hmm. It's good. We had people over. We made a bunch of potatoes. I made twenty six potatoes in one go. Baked uh, potatoes, like full size russets, like giant giant potatoes. So you just like oil them. Well, you stab them, then you oil them, then you salt them. And then you wrap them in foil and you just throw them on the grill on the lowest setting for like an hour. Just rotate them about a quarter turn every 20 minutes. And they, they turned out perfect. They were spectacular. And, and I so. I made some chili uh, somehow like without any chili powder. Yeah. So, that was a bit of a miss there. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's one of those things we always have until we don't have it. <laughs> and I was like, I know. it's six in the morning. I'm not driving anywhere to get chili powder. This is what it is. Yeah. It's kind of like like running out of salt in the house. You're like, just what, like, what the fuck? Like, how did that even happen? I thought it just came with the house. I thought right. every house just had a salt <laughs> cellar. Isn't that a part of the house? Right. Right, but I made do with like curry powder and paprika and cumin and then some. It was um, also a turkey chili. I want to point out, wasn't uh, it? It was half turkey, half beef. Yeah, because turkey's a lot cheaper. (laughs) It was fine. It turned out pretty good for not having cheaper. It's way cheaper. Really, it's like half the price. Huh? I would have expected that the other way. I know. But anyway, but yeah, it was good. It was really good. And so you know, so we had folks over, cut a potato in half. Bullet full of chili, some butter and sour cream, cheddar cheese. Bacon. That's, that's good eating right there. Yeah, I don't it was, care it was delicious. It was, specta- it was spec- spec- spectacular. I want to say trying- spectacular. <laughs> that's like not even a word. Not even close to a word. All right, spectacular. Right. Uh, also, last night we had a Friendsgiving. We did have fun. a Friendsgiving. It's a new recipe club that you're in. Right, where you have to bring a new recipe. And so sometimes it's like, oh, this recipe is garbage. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but uh, So I made um, I made our new recipe last night, mm-hmm. which was pumpkin spice creme brulees. Right. And they actually had pumpkin in them. Right. Legit, real, not just the pumpkin so, spice. Yeah, they were like a creme pumpkin. brulee and pumpkin pie had a baby. Yeah, and that baby was Fairly tasty. Right. If you like pumpkin pie. You're in. You're in. But uh, both me and Adam are kind of mad on pumpkin pie. I don't know why you picked this recipe for me. Because but... I was trying to find a creme brulee recipe that you could make. Yeah. And so, <laughs> that was new. <laughs> but I got to use my blowtorch in front of like some, some kind of casual friends, which mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. It's always you know, impressive. Like, you know, they're friends, but they're like friends I've known for like a couple years as opposed to like the 30 year old friends, you know, that I've mm-hmm. known forever and I'm not even trying to impress. Like I'm trying to impress these people. So, mm-hmm. and they also found out about our podcast. So if you're listening, hi, I was trying to impress you the other night with my. And welcome. <laughs> so hopefully it worked. We'll see. 
We'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. But we're, uh, yeah, so we're here tonight to discuss yes, a movie. A movie that I have not seen in probably 20 years. <laughs> There's no reason to. So this movie came out when I was a senior in high school. Right, 1999. I remember it because it was our senior skip day mm-hmm. was the premiere of this movie. It's Star Wars Episode One. Yes. Yes. Can we discuss the hype? Yes, let's let's discuss the hype. I was also a senior in high school. Um, I did not skip this day, but I knew lots of people who did. Oh, yeah. Who did skip this day and went and sat in the theater from like 11 in the morning. The cool thing was we had to hook up one of our friends. She worked at the theater. Nice. And so she was able to reserve us like a whole row of seats. That's phenomenal. It was fantastic. And so we got there, we sat down, we were all, it was my entire Spanish class is basically what was sitting Mm -hmm. there. And we're watching this movie and we were so hyped because this is the first new Star Wars stuff. Right. Since literally like 1985. Right. And um, the year, in the years before they had re-released A New Hope Mm -hmm. and um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Like... Yeah, like, they had hyped it up with, like, this is the only movie franchise I can think of that was able to hype itself up by re-releasing 30-year-old films <laughs> into yeah. theaters, or 20-year-old films into mm-hmm. theaters, and having me pay money, yes. literally tens of dollars at the time. <laughs> literally tens of dollars. <laughs> which, you know, that was that was 1994 money. That was some rich right. stuff. Right. I mean, it was I was not working. 90. Eight money or something. Yeah, well, I mean, the it was like the re-release. year, the year before it was like the yeah. re-release. But they, uh, so we went, and we saw all the the re-releases. Han no longer shot first. That's a whole different topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we got hyped up. We were so ready for this, and the media blitz was insane. It's true. Every conceivable merchandising tie-in you can think of, from Taco Bell to Coca Cola to mm-hmm. Walmart. Yes. Like, everybody had something going on with this. You could not escape it. I, I can't think of anything culturally that has been... Such a touchstone. Yeah. This, it was amazing. There were video games out in advance. Weird Al Yankovic had a song. I thought that was after. It but... was... Literally, he recorded that song before he saw the film. Really? That's How? his claim. How did he know? He claims he know? that. I don't know. How did he know? Apparently he pieced it together looking at the at the trailers and stuff and I'm like no there's no way but that song came out within within a week within a week of the movie mm-hmm. like the movie released on Friday that song was out on Tuesday because music used to release on Tuesdays right right and, but I could see him being like okay this is what I think I want to do like based on the trailers and I'll watch the movie and I'll fill in a few like yeah, details here he had to have some sort of advanced thing going on but. He claims he didn't. He got a screener. And he watched, and so he wrote that song, and that was all over the place. Like, it. this movie was such a big deal. It put Weird Al Yankovic in the top ten. Did it? I think it he did. always is around. He's always around. <laughs> he very rarely cracks the top ten. And this was one of the times he cracked the this top ten? This was one of the times he did. And it's, it was just such an insane cultural thing. Mm-hmm. But it was... 
And so... Weird. Disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I remember walking out of the movie and just being like, well, I mean... I think I liked it. It was okay. It was all right. I remember having a little bit of like, um, maybe I don't like Star Wars. <laughs> like, maybe I'm not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> it is not. It is not great. It is not a great story. It is not a great movie. Um, it is not greatly written. I, although, a lot of stuff happens. It is very plot heavy. It There's a lot plot. of movement. So even though, even though I was like, "Hey, George Lucas spends way too much time world building and no time uh, doing plot," he took that criticism, which he did not hear from me, no, uh, to the extreme. And this is way too much plot. <laughs> yeah, and way too little character development. Well, and the other thing is, you know, all of the plot that's in this movie like serves to wink. At the world building he had already done. Right. right. So, There's so many references. So many references to things that are going to happen in the in the future. Mm-hmm. This is also like one of the first real prequels. Like we kind of take that as, advan- as, as for granted now. Is that a thing we're doing? Is I mean, prequeling... so many things have prequeled. Like what? I don't know. You have to give me examples. Monsters Incorporated. Monsters Incorporated did do a prequel. Um, The... I'm drinking. And I'm a drunk parent. <laughs> I shouldn't sorry. have to come up with these I'm examples. Sorry. I don't know. But the word prequel was invented for these. It is yeah, it's the sequel, but it's a prequel. Yeah, a and so cool. we've had a couple of things that have done that where they've gone back. Um, the general, Silence of the Lambs had a, a Red Dragon as a prequel to Silence of the Lambs. Okay. And in general, I'm always disinterested prequels in prequels for the Alien series. The Alien series had a series of prequels. Yeah, in general, I like my movies. Everyone just comes, like, from Ohio. And that means, like, your backstory doesn't matter until we met you. Like, I like that. Ted Mosby. Yes. (laughs) I like that about where you're like, oh, yeah, your backstory doesn't matter. Like, anything that's not revealed in this movie is not important to this character. Right. But like when you when you have a prequel, they're problematic because you have to create a narrative. And if you introduce a character that's going to be in the actual movies, they suddenly have plot armor. Like they can't. Right, they can't be die. Yeah. There's no peril when we meet Anakin Skywalker in these prequels. You're like, well, of course he's going to make it. Right. Of you course know. he's going mean, to survive gonna... this battle, even though we bring a child to a battle. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, you, you kind of lose some of the peril. You lose, right, you some, lose of the, some of the stakes. Yeah. There's like no stakes with, uh, you know, the characters. that, And then the characters that aren't. Yeah, you're, you're like, like, hmm. There's probably, probably a reason it... they're not in the like, next movie. Like, okay. There's so, probably a reason none of these people are in the next movie. So let's let's dive into the movie. So this movie starts with a crawl, like all yes, the Star Wars movies Star do. Star Wars movie. And the moment that I started seeing things about trade federations. First of all, first of all. Yeah. The fact that this movie doesn't start with longer ago. And further away. <laughs> in a galaxy the same distance away. <laughs> Maybe it's closer. Maybe we're right. expanding but, universe. But... but longer ago in a galaxy far, far away. Truly, truly a missed, missed opportunity. opportunity. George. Yeah. That That's when we knew we were done. That's when I knew this movie was going to be garbage. 
So anyway, so it starts with this crawl about like trade federations and galactic senates and negotiations. Truly, like and such I was like, boring bureaucratic bullshit. I was like, oh, is this C-SPAN instead of a Star Wars movie? Like, And this, it kind of is. Oh, it is the C-SPAN of Star Wars movies. If if you watch C-SPAN, like, bless you, but it is not... Also, why are you on this podcast? Yeah, like, you, I'm sure you have smarter podcasts to listen to. <laughs> but... But, yeah, ugh, no. So, it starts with that, and you're like, okay, so the Jedi are going in to negotiate, which promptly fails and they have to like battle themselves out of a ship so okay are the jet i thought a jet, the jedi would be like an apolitical organization because they come from all walks of life all planets like all you know so their mission is to support the republic why because their mission is support the republic like that's why they... the republic invent the jedi no do being the republic like how how are the Jedi and the Republic linked ideologically? Uh, they're really not. So <laughs> I know this is going to be really hard to conceive. Did the Republic of. buy the Jedi a beer? Imagine, say, co-opting a religious foundation oh. for the sake of patriotism and, like, yeah, yeah, like justifying your continued governance as some sort of religious mandate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's a really that's, that's a big stretch, stretch for a stretch our we've, we've world. never seen that in Western history. No, not all the fucking time. <laughs> like not currently in and, a big way, right? And not before. <laughs> no, I mean it's cool, but like, so the Republic. But I feel co-ops like, the Jedi as their kind of enforcers and religious order. We're better than this. Yeah, but you know what? They like power. Yeah, they really like power. Right. I feel like the Jedi, like the true believers or whatever, would be like. Uh, Maybe they I are. feel I feel very uncomfortable with our like close alliance to this political organization because we're we should be like an. On all walks of life, all creatures, all tongues, like, kind of You know, I, I feel there's probably a, a, a division of the Jedi that do feel that way. And they're the ones who survive? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> Cause not. Because they go underground because they're like, fuck this! But also, I feel like there's a definite, like, Falwell contingent of, Je- of Jedi that are like, I will sell my soul for any sort of recognition and head pats. Right. Like, again, not to put too pie to point on things, but, like, I think that's where things are going. So the Jedi gets sent in to help negotiate, Yeah, we think is the idea, but the Trade Federation, again, could I have a character that I care less about than a Trade than Federation? Than a Trade Federation. <laughs> like, what are their things? Uh, they're we in favor trade of trade. They're and, blockading. And That's not federating. trade. That's Blockade is the opposite, opposite of trade. trade. Right. You're I a don't blockade federation. Never explained, but here we are. And they're headed by what has kind of come to be like a very problematic Asianic stereotype of, yeah, they're like very... Yeah, just so... Yeah. 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 It's very... I I remember this being cringy like in 1999. Yeah, and you know what? It is even more cringy now. It is super cringy now. And you know what? It's going to get worse. But let's just focus where we are. (laughs) And so these guys are very, like, kind of broken English and some RL confusion. You're like, really? 
like they we're going right with the accent. Like that's what we're going to use as a, I mean, right. Uh, okay, right. I guess so. Uh, but they try to kill the Jedi, which doesn't work. With some Jedi, gas. Yeah, because Jedi are badasses, and that didn't work. I mean, kind of. Like, they're not, they don't have precognition enough, like, to know that, like, oh, hey, this might be a trap. Well, Obi-Wan's like, hey, I think there's some bullshit going down. And Qui-Gon's like, mm, keep that to yourself. <laughs> like, You're like, maybe you should listen to your patent on with precognition like, like maybe well and honestly um do they take like force um like strength quizzes there should be like a myers-briggs of the force right there should be a myers-briggs of the force and be like hey these are your strengths this is what you're great at like you should really lean into this you should avoid all this bullshit so it turns out you're like a 12 on the precog scale right out of like 20 like that's great that's pretty good um, you, you can, you can manipulate people at like a level six. So maybe steer away from that. Right. Right. Um, maybe, maybe staff towards your weaknesses. Yeah. And like. Yeah. The Jedi needs some management training. They really do. So they try to kill him, but the Jedi end up escaping and go down to the By surface holding planet. their breath. <laughs> yeah. Basically the Jedi are really good at holding their breath. Right. And nobody scu- considered that. Some scuba diving bullshit. And so. They get off the ship, they go down to the surface of the planet, and they meet our second problematic racial stereotype, which is Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks, who is so obnoxious. <sighs> Guys, I have never hated a hero more mm-hmm. than Jar Jar Binks. I will, I, I'm going to take this opportunity to say the weirdest... Um, we talked about the marketing for this movie, the weirdest marketing overlap... Mm-hmm. That I remember was a Jar Jar Binks sucker. Or yes, I remember this. And one. it was his giant tongue. Yes, <laughs> like in a popsicle. You had to suck on Jar Jar Binks. You had tongue. to suck on Jar Jar Binks's tongue. Like his his body was like the st- like the stick, and then his like giant tongue. Was a sucker. I seem to remember this was like kind of a Pez dispenser where you like put this head back and it came out. Oh, like, what? I think it's spun. Why the fuck? <laughs> so you could, you wouldn't have to be lazy and like just like turn the sucker. The sucker would turn. <laughs> also, I think, was, like, I think this is, this is maybe a mismemory. I also feel like a spinning Jar Jar Binks tongue. Would be repurposed into other... Truly, truly. Things. That I didn't know about and don't want to know about. No, I mean, it's out there. It's a Google search away that I'm not going to do. no, no, no. Anyway, so Jar Jar Binks is there and he has a kind of Caribbean Creole accent. Yeah, he definitely speaks some kind of pidgin English. And he is... Supposed to be some sort of comedic relief, but he's just such an annoying fucking character. Right. Right. He, and the racial stereotypes are, like, so vivid and so cringy. <laughs> like, yeah. look. And, yeah, he's just, it's hard. It's hard to watch, y'all. And so he, they meet up with him immediately and, the, I mean, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Also, I want to call out something here. Yes. So, Qui-Gon Jinn is, of course, um, his character is played by... Um, a bad cop. Bad cop. 
Yes, that's where we know him from. Because we <laughs> were stuck also, in kids. Also, uh, he narrated the Polar Express. He narrated the Polar Express. And all of a sudden, I've lost his name. Because <laughs> I'm just... You broke my head. I don't... His name is Leslie. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. Thank you. So, Leslie Nielsen, who is an actor. Mm-hmm. Like, he is a quality performer. I mean, usually he has... Uh, a very certain set of skills. Yeah, he is a <laughs> like, very gruff. He has, he has a he's a niche he's a niche badass uh, actor. Right, and so he's in this film as a badass of sorts, mm-hmm. and that's great. Uh, you've got Ewan McGregor, who is also a fantastic actor. Yes, I'm gonna say great actor. Even he does really well. Um, he was not a super popular actor when this happened. He was in... Train Spotting. Train Spotting, which I did not see because um, I like sleeping. Yeah. And uh, then he was in... I can't remember if this was before or after Moulin Rouge. Uh, this, I think, was before. Okay. So, um, but he, yeah, I mean, he had a couple of things under his belt, but he definitely wasn't the star mm-hmm. until this happened. Um, Natalie Portman was virtually unknown. She had been in, like, uh-huh. a couple of, like, kind of kids' films. And so, you know, these are people who are going to go on to do amazing things. Right, right. I mean, Natalie Portman, I think, has an Oscar at this point. Or if I don't know. It's a crime. Yeah. Um, Ewan McGregor has done amazing things from... Um, Moulin Rouge through, uh, what was that one with the, the romantic comedy? <laughs> uh, Down with Love? Down with Love. <laughs> with Renee Zellger. I, it's I mean, actually great. <laughs> it's fantastic. He has a scene talking about socks with David Hyde Pierce. Which, right. Like, right. And how they me, just stay up. It just stays up all the time. <laughs> like nine inches. It's just amazing. That's some great extension there. And, like, it's fantastic. It's a way too long a conversation. <laughs> it's way too long of a conversation. But anyway, uh, like, they've done great things. They've done great things. And in this movie, they seem to be directed by, like, your high school drama coach. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I know some high school gra- drama coaches. Who are great. Who are fantastic. <laughs> but let's just face it. Like, if you ever go back and watch video of that. You understand. They they did what they, they could, did with, what what they they could with what they had. They did what they had, yeah. And like, you have a budget of $20 and 16-year-olds, like... And also a full course load that you have to grade and have... Right. You know, by, you know, quarterly grade, you know, stuff. And we're going to add to the top of this the, you know, the Shakespeare one-act play thing that you have to write and direct right. and Right, and you can, and you can cast from these very, very wooden 16-year-olds. <laughs> like, <laughs> all of the, like... You can tell there are moments where these people are taking absolute direction from Mr. George Lucas. Mm-hmm. And the scene feels like it is absolutely horrible and painful just plotting, to watch. Just very slow. And then I feel like there are other scenes where they're just showing deuces to George. And they're like, <laughs> I'm going to act no matter what you tell me to do. And those scenes are great. <laughs> yeah. Now, there are also scenes with, like, children. Mm-hmm. Which are horrible. Are there a lot of children in this movie? Uh, there Just are a few. Anakin, right? So there's Anakin, but he's got some friends that show up mm-hmm. in a couple of scenes. And you're just like, why? I mean, we know we can get better performances out of kids. Like, why are you doing this? 
why are we sitting through this? Like, mm-hmm. these kids are horrible. Like, they have the acting skills of a Hallmark commercial. Right, right. Just real overacting-y. Yeah, real overacting or just, like, I feel like you were fed your line 30 seconds before the camera rolled. Mm-hmm. And you're just repeating it without understanding what it's saying. Right. Also, uh, George Lucas loves gibberish words. That's true. So, so like, like, it's probably true that they didn't understand what he was saying. When it's like, stay away from the, the power couplers, like, this kid doesn't know what a power coupler is. Right. Like, it's going to be a CG effect added, like, six months from now. <laughs> so, yes. he's just staring yes. off into space at a character that doesn't exist doing something. So, the plot of the movie... Yes. I, which I, I don't remember. So, um... So the Jedi were they're on the ship. They're negotiating. It doesn't work out. They end up bailing. And right, because they try to kill them with gas. So we've established. Um, I don't know if we're thirty years away from the technology that it takes to discover that there are no life signs on an escape pod right. in Episode Four. Right. But these guys sneak onto a droid craft mm-hmm. and sneak down to the surface, which I feel I can. That's an easy, that's an easy scan. Excuse me. Oh, gross. <laughs> Woo. You okay, buddy? I'm the drunk parent. <laughs> you are. <laughs> and how? Started early. Um. Anyway, so how how did they not figure out there are living creatures on droid ships? Also, why did they pressurize the droid ships in a way that would maintain the life of these Jedi? Right. Right. Also, how did you not, like, as they're unloading, not notice... Oh, there's some humans. There's some humans, and just shoot them in the face. Right, humans are are very fragile. Yeah, so somehow they get down to the planet, completely plot-armored, and they're running through, and that's where they meet up with Jar Jar. They're trying to escape the Mm -hmm. invading droid army. They meet up with Jar Jar. And they're like, we need a ship. And Jar Jar's like, I have a ship. Like, no, I cool. don't have a ship. We'll take the but ship. I can introduce you to some people that have a ship. Right. And he's like, cool. He's like, but those people hate me. And he's like, what the fuck are you here for? Right. He's like, I'm going to talk to somebody else. <laughs> like, like, literally any other living creature on this planet is going to be more useful than you. Mm-hmm. But Jar Jar ends up taking them down to the Gungan village. Right. Which is underwater and hidden. And introduces them to Boss Nass. Right. Who reminds me 100% of our humanities professor in college. Yes. He has that, like, jowl, like, (laughs) voice. And still problematic, like, Caribbean Creole voice. Yes, still awkward. And they basically are like, all right, we're going to send you two and him on a suicide mission through the core of the planet to get to the other side of the planet to talk to the, like, human-looking Naboo people. As opposed to, like, the weird so, frog-looking so Naboo people. So they're all on Naboo? Yeah, they're just okay. two sentient species. Two species on Naboo fighting over resources. Uh, probably. They don't like each other. Right. But the Naboo, but the Gungans mostly are underwater, and the, and the Naboo, Krenamadalab and Naboo, are up on the surface. So Why do they have to go through the core of the... That's when they go through the core. Why do they have to go through the core? I feel like the core would be more dangerous. Because the core has some really cool special effects that they can show <laughs> with, like, huge computer-generated right. creatures. I mean, I feel like they have, like, warp drive shenanigans. They could just, like, go back deck to the surface <laughs> and shoop over to the, nope. like, surface-to-surface... Nope. 
Okay. They have nope. to go through the core. Of... They have to go through the core of the planet in a submarine. And they at, they get attacked by this, like, really big fish, who in turn is eaten by a ginormous fish. Mm-hmm. And then they keep traveling through the And the, the ginormous core. fish is just not interested in them? No. Well, I mean, he eats the really big fish. So the so they're inside two fishes. I don't what. So they get attacked by a fish. <laughs> okay. And then this really big fish attacks the fish that's attacking them. Right, and then the big and they fish can is, get away. And the big fish is not interested in them. No, he's eating the other fish. Okay. He's got a mouthful. He's fine. Okay. And so that that's really a convenient thing that they then literally literally repeat beat for beat five minutes later. Yes. And you're just like, seriously, fuckers. Like, how lazy are you? Copy paste. Copy paste. Yeah, they just need to pad this movie out for five minutes, I guess. Right, this movie was plenty long. But the thing is, like, the the second set of fish have different designs, so obviously they're different creatures. They're sparkly or colored. Yeah, you know, and, you know, one of them's got a pointy nose instead of a snubby nose. And, like, it's just, it feels like we needed to insert as many creatures into this as possible. But then they do pop out the other side, and they go and they meet Queen Amidala. Right, Queen Amidala. Who is played by... Uh, Karen Knightley. Yes, in this moment she is. Uh, Good job. I'm so proud of you for knowing that. Yeah. (laughs) Because it was Karen Knightley and uh, Natalie Portman. Right, are the two. And Natalie Portman is playing the handmaiden who is actually Queen Amidala, while Karen Knightley plays the duplicate body double. Right. Queen Amidala, which, sure. Again, Keira Knightley, ladies and gentlemen, right, is right. going to go on and have an amazing career. <laughs> All these people go on to do great things. She had been invented like Beckham, Beckham at this point, which was great. That's still that holds up. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we watch that one? <laughs> why don't we watch that one? It's better. It's a better Star Wars film than this is. Hundred <laughs> percent. So they get out and and they realize that the the droids are invading and they kind of rescue Amidala mm-hmm. and get her to the super shiny ship. You okay? Yeah, I'm just yawning. I know, it's a little late. Mm-hmm. So they get her to the super shiny ship and the plan is they're going to go to Coruscant, which is the capital which planet. Which is the planet that's a city. It's a planet that's a city. It's the capital of the... The, the Trade the Federation? No, it's the the Trade Federation is a section of they're like a high tech lobbying group. Okay. Um, that have a seat in the Senate. I don't understand. Okay. I mean, again, how could, how dare they imply that corporate interest would have <laughs> a part of the Republic? <laughs> a part of the Republic and a voice at the table. You guys, all this is too real. <laughs> it kind of cuts a little close, doesn't it? Anyway, so they're going to go to Coruscant and make their case um, that the that the the commercial interests are totally invading and being awful, mm-hmm. and and is it the Gungans and whatever? Oh no, the Amidala Gungans don't is. get to come. Right. What are you talking it's about? Just it's just the white people. Just yes, just the white people get to talk about <laughs> get their to problems. talk about their problems and like how this affects other people right, on your exactly. planet is like not a thing at all. No, no, cool. Just all it's an asterisk. Also, there's some other people. But let's focus on the beautiful white people for now. Right. But in their escape, um, they get shot at because they're under blockade. And they can't make it all the way to Coruscant. So they have to land in Tatooine? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. They they hit Tatooine where 
apparently anything of significance is going to start for the Star Wars universe. Right, it all comes back to Tatooine. And so they're looking around trying to find pieces to fix their ship mm-hmm. so they can get to Coruscant and they stumble into Watto's shop. Watto right. is the weird I feel guy. Like Tatooine is like a pirate port. It kind like, of is. It's a little sketchy. Where it's like lots of people in and out, lots of like uh, backdoor deals. And, oh yeah, 100%. And uh, like black market stuff. Yeah, 100%. It is It is a wretched hive of scum and villainy, like as described by Obi-Wan, who would know because he, he got there. there. <laughs> he got there in 1999 and also 1977. Right, and, and he's just been there. Which is in the, the future. I don't. It's in the future. Time past. travel's confusing, y'all. Um, but he. So they they land here and they have to figure out how to do it. But they meet this like punky snot nosed kid, right? Who's like seven? Yeah, at least. I yeah. think he's supposed to be like nine or ten. But he's he's just this scrawny little kid, and Qui Gon Jinn decides to just like bet the farm on this little snot nosed kid, right? Right, like, he's like, I don't know, I have a good feeling about this kid. And Obi-Wan's like, I don't know, like, we all have feelings, bro. <laughs> like, well, he, and maybe, he, maybe, maybe. Well, I got just, like, chastised Obi-Wan for being a little bit too much on the feelings. Mm-hmm. And yet, here he is, he's like, yeah, my feelings tell me this is okay. And I have to feel like Obi-Wan is on the, on the plane going, like, you fucker. Like, right, right. Like, fine, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And You're the boss, man. I guess so they, just through, be the boss. Through a series of increasingly ridiculous bets, Kwai right. John Jin ends up betting the ship they're on and like a large sum of Imperial credits and I forget what all else mm-hmm. against Watto, who is the like the owner of the store. Mm-hmm. And also the owner of um, Anakin and his mother. Right. And so, Qui-Gon stands to lose all that, but Watto stands to lose... Just two people. Uh, no, just one. Oh, okay. Just Anakin and also the parts they need to fix their ship and get out of there. Right. That's that's the wager. Yeah. And it's all on a pod race, which is an excuse for a video game. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I'm going to legit, I own this video game on and N64. Is it fun to play? It is fantastic. <laughs> it is an amazing video game. Well, I'm glad it was a good video game at least because it, it was it's a fucking terrible movie. <laughs> it's a horrible movie. I I do have to say the like racing portion of this where they actually go and race mm-hmm. is not bad. Like it's, it's okay. actually kind of an exciting it race. It kind of made me carsick. Yeah, but also you know Anakin's not going to die. Right. He's not going to die. He has to become... Um, he has to become, become Darth, Darth Vader, Vader later. One way or another. Maybe Vader someday later, but for now a small fry, if you will. Right, right. So that's going to gonna uh, happen. Two quotes. Weird Al Yankovic, the only person who makes this movie make any fucking sense. Indeed. So... Anakin ends up winning this thing. They end up escaping. So they get the parts from Watto. Oh, there's there's the part where he talks to his mom and he's like, hey, where's his dad from? Like, he's super high on the midichlorians, which it turns out are like blood parasites that give you the force. I would love to argue against that (laughs) definition, but that is 100% correct. So So he's got some kind of like weird, uh, weird bloodborne pathogen that gives him the force and uh, 
the mom is like, yeah, he was just born. Like, I didn't mention that to anybody. Yeah. Because I figured. Because it seemed weird. <laughs> like, I'd rather just people thought I was a hussy and right. didn't want to name it's, it. It's fine. It's cool. But, like, having virgin births. Right. Seems weird. So, I mean, not like we're getting into the Jesus allegory at all but because very, of lazy writing. Very. But 100%, 100% lazy Jesus, Jesus allegory. allegory in this movie. Um, but, yeah, but Qui-Gon Jinn ends up winning the kid. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, cool. We got the kid. We can leave the planet with the stuff in the ship and we're going right, to go to Coruscant. Right. And conveniently, Darth Maul shows up. Okay. Who is easily one of the... Biggest, visually, he's, he's a fantastic. he's a great villain. He's fantastic. He had so much potential. He's got horns. He's got like a cool badass like skin thing where he's like red and black. Oh yeah, like, like he's very cool. He's very iconic. He he's, was played by an amazing gymnasty stuntman person. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. And he he could do some shit. Yeah, and he has like three lines in the whole film. Yeah, like. To his credit, he has three lines in the whole film. And, and just, just, like, casts a shadow. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, he does a great job. Um, and so there's, like, the first of the lightsaber duels in mm-hmm. this. And, you know, we had seen lightsaber duels in episode four where Obi-Wan and Darth Vader Obi-Wan fight. Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. It's, it's like, like a man. nanosecond. It's so fast. Because um, Obi-Wan's like, whatever, it's my time. And then there's a lightsaber duel between Luke and Darth Vader in episode, episode five. five. Yeah. But Luke is just being played with. Uh, like right. Darth Vader is just He's like a cat. taking him to school. Yeah, a cat with a toy. And then in episode six, Darth Vader and Luke again in and front also of the Emperor. the Emperor, yeah. Um, and that one's okay, but it's still not great. Mm-hmm. And so this is like the first of the like high art... Dark, lightsaber on lightsaber duels with with more ac- acrobatics and yeah. uh, like a little more um, what's the word I'm looking for athletic. A I was going to say like, panache, but a yes. little more of an athletic style, right? Totally of fighting. And so you're like, oh, this is what it looked like. Like this was it, what like Jedi in their prime. This is what they could have done. Yeah, but they got lazy <laughs> well, and old. <laughs> But, like, there's also the weirdness that this is probably the first, like, lightsaber on lightsaber and anger fight in centuries. Mm-hmm. Because they think the Sith are gone. Why? Why would they think the Sith are gone? Because uh, they're idiots. Okay. Yeah. I mean, everything... If I you say like, the I Jedi like are idiots, a, that's, like, that's like, a, a fair... That's the theme of this movie. <laughs> the Jedis are kind of idiots. They're kind of dumb. And so... There's this little quick fight, but Qui-Gon Jinn escapes by jumping onto the spaceship, literally jumping. Right, right. Onto the loading dock and getting out of there and going to Coruscant, where they meet up with totally innocent and not at all manipulative Senator Palpatine. Right, Senator Palpatine, who's like, hey, I'm on your side. Yeah, and if you were watching this film as, like, my kids would watch episode one, mm-hmm. if they watched it as the first Star Wars movie they'd ever seen, you're like, oh, this guy's cool. Also, there's this weird, like, Jedi, or there's this weird Sith Lord guy, Lord somebody uh-huh. who's in charge of stuff, Lord Sidious. I don't know who he is. Uh-huh. But, like, they're the same people. Like, Emperor Palpatine is right. Darth Sidious. Like, right. we know that. Right. And so... You get the two stories of him. 
And so he meets them on the dock and is like, yeah, so there's this other chancellor. He's in charge of stuff, but we don't really like him. He's not helping us. So if you want to protect your people, Miss Almadala, you got to call for a vote of no confidence on this guy. And honestly, at the point a movie says vote of no confidence. Yeah. Like, it sucks. It is. So much parliamentary procedure. Like I was in Model UN and youth and government. And you speak fondly of this. I went to um, <laughs> I went to Buckeye Boy State, which was like a state version of all of this. Right. Like right. we've been there. We had some fun with this stuff. And truly, no, this, this movie sucks all the fun out of it. Yeah, it does not convey any of that uh, any of that joy. The most exciting thing is the fact that during the parts where they're yelling about parliamentary procedure and like harumphing. <laughs> If you look, if you pause, you can find ETs in oh, one nice. of the screens, like little yeah. wink at his George Lucas winking at his buddy Steve, right, uh, right. Steven Spielberg, who who did ET, yeah, and who makes better movies, and hundred uh, <laughs> percent. And so they end up like voting out the old chancellor to vote in a new chancellor. Meanwhile, Amidala is like, I got to go back to Naboo. I'm like, why the fuck? <laughs> Are you going back to Naboo? It is a literal war-torn country. You need to stay and, and like, pound the table about the fact that... Yeah, you people need yeah, help, help. Whatever. Like, your your job is to do this. And she's like, nope, going back, going back. And we're taking the, we're taking the nine-year-old. Right, so... Why the fuck? Queen Amidala and the Jedi and the nine-year-old and his droids... Yeah, all go two. back... R2 anyway. Not C3PO. C3PO, C3PO not stays in... Yeah, he stays with his... With, mom? Yeah, it was his mom. How did C3PO then get back to R2-D2? Episode 2. We'll get there. Okay. So, um, they go back, and the plan is the Gungans are going to fight the droids for reasons unknown to distract them, while then Queen Amidala tries to overtake the like capital city with like 12 of her friends okay but meanwhile they're flying up people to destroy the thing well that's amidala amidala's gonna take over the capital city so she can get to her naboo starfighters and they'll fly up and destroy the ships which will hopefully turn off the droids and then everybody wins couldn't we do that in a better order couldn't you fly out Without capturing the city? Well, you got to get to the ships. The ships are in the city. Okay. So you got to get to the city to get to the ships, and then the ships to the space, and then the space, The boom. space, like, yeah, yeah, destroys all the droids. So what ends up happening is you end up with, like, three battle sequences going on at the same fucking time. Right, and they cut between all of them all the time. So there's, like, the open grass Gungan battle, open field battle of, like, weird frog people versus robots. Right. There's the humans versus robots slash weird problematic agianic stereotypes Mm -hmm. in the city. And then there's a space battle happening as well. And it makes no fucking sense. (laughs) And, and also on top of that, then we're going to add that Darth Maul shows up and fights right. the Jedi. Where does Darth Maul come from? He was there. 
He was there. He's just hanging out in Naboo. Yeah. Are we even on Naboo? Yeah, Where we're on Naboo. We? Okay. So uh, Darth Sidious threatens to send Darth Maul there, and that's like the quote of like, "Now there are two of them. This is getting out of hand." Which occasionally I use out of context to describe how annoying some of my customers are. <laughs> um, so there's this huge fights battle lightsaber thing. Um, the Gungans take some huge losses, but manage to like achieve no yeah, significant. Yeah, they just like stave them off, but they, they just don't, occupy. Like, yeah, the um, the force that's going into the palace get into the palace and get the pilots to the ships, and the ships take off. Great. Meanwhile, um, the Jedi's, uh, namely Qui Gon Jinn and uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, the worst fucking babysitters known to mankind. Ugh. Tell this little nine-year-old, like, sit in the pilot seat of the spaceship. You're safe safe. there. Yeah. Don't touch any of the buttons. Don't touch any of the buttons. (laughs) You know what? You know where this kid would be safe? Coruscant. (laughs) Like, not not in a war zone. (laughs) Like, you just met this kid. Maybe let Yoda hang out with him for a weekend. Right, right. See what he's capable of. Put him in the Jedi Council, babysitting, like... Like... I feel... They have a bunch of baby Jedi. I don't say this often, but I feel like Samuel L. Jackson would be a better babysitter <laughs> for this kid. A hundred percent. And when that happens, you know, you've done fucked up. Right, when he is your best option. No offense, Samuel L. Jackson, you're delightful. But I really wouldn't let you hang out with my kids for a weekend because I'd have to deprogram so much vocabulary. So many cursings. So anyway, they set him in this chip and they're like, just don't touch anything, you'll be fine. What does a nine-year-old do when you say don't touch things? Right. He's like, He oh. fucking touches all the fucking things. <laughs> right. He's like, oops, I accidentally started the plane. Oops. <laughs> like, I do have to say he shut all- the he shut the visor, which was good, because if he shot himself into space with the visor open. Yeah, he'd die. So, but it's R2-D2 is like goading him the whole time. Like, yeah. He's like, burp, 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 burp. and R2's like, he's like, yeah, I know. I can't figure out how to help them because I can't push the buttons. He's like, burp, 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 burp. <laughs> like yeah. And like, so R- all of this is R2's fault. Oh, 100%. That's, again, part of the theme of the movie is like R2 is 100% at, at fault for all is this. Is he playing a long con? Like, I don't know. I think he's basically trying to get the most incompetent people possible is in he, charge so that the robots can take over later. Is he just a chaos monkey? He wants the robots to take over later. I think right. that's the plan. Okay, he's like, who is the worst here? Can we get them the most power? I understand I have a lifespan in hundreds of years. I can wait this out. <laughs> I don't so, need to eat. Like, So little Jedi Jesus in the Starfighter right. takes off, manages to crash himself into a ship right conveniently the right ship conveniently the right spot conveniently he shoots some torpedoes right that hit the reactor which is conveniently unshielded if you're on the flight like, deck in the hangar it's yeah. like right fucking there which blows up the command ship as he flies out of like, the, the ship with like explosions in the background and he's like woo! and like all the other pilots in the little Naboo Starfighters are like who's that who's this I'm like do you fucking not have a comm on this thing (laughs) can't you be like who is this (laughs) um Rogue One this is Rogue Two um who the fuck Rogue are you like (laughs) I feel like that should be conversed and because they're all talking to each other like I hope I hope maybe they're just talking in like yeah I don't know talking out loud something they do in Naboo yeah. Just, they just process their thoughts. 
Again, I out wanna, loud to anyone. I want to compose a thinking out or talking out loud <laughs> version, like the Ed Sheeran song. It's not Ed Sheeran, is isn't it? it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know who sings anything. Yeah, but anyway, I want to like compose a song for that for you right now, but I can't because I'm drunk. <laughs> Also, not good at parody. <laughs> and also, I can't sing. So, you know. Like, I am at the strikes. point where I would attempt karaoke. I've had enough drinks. <laughs> That's a lot of drinks for you. I know, right? Um, but anyway, so he blows up the ship, which mm-hmm. then turns off the droids. Right. And then the Gungan's like, woo, we won! One. And you're like, no. you didn't really win. Somebody hit, hit an You were set up for failure. Yeah. You were meat, meat shields for... The actual people we care about. Yeah. no. We used an indigenous population to protect the white people. Again. Again. So again. gross. So gross. Oh. Anyway. So they saw that everybody wins. Like, that's kind of like the end and of the movie. the movie. And like the Gungans and... No, wait. We forgot the part about Darth Maul and Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh, yeah. During this whole thing, the three of them are fighting. Well, two versus one, honestly. And it's actually a really good fight. It's a good fight. It's a really, really good fight scene. I remember being in the movie and they had kind of obscured the fact that Darth Maul's lightsaber had two lightsaber blades on it. Yes. In all the advertising. So, like, he, like, shoots out his lightsaber and you're like, ooh, this is going to be good. And then he does the other side of his lightsaber. And you're like, what double-sided lightsaber? That's amazing! This is amazing! And honestly, that fight that the three of them have. between It's pretty great. It's a really great fight. Um, and it ends with Qui-Gon Jinn getting stabbed through the fucking chest. Right. So he kind of, like, lures Qui-Gon Jinn into a part where there's, like, a like a shield. Right. And so it, like, What's traps that? him off from Obi-Wan Kenobi. So it's a one-on-one. So it's one-on-one. And, and then, there's a part where Qui-Gon Jinn just, like, kneels. I was like, what are you doing, Qui-Gon Jinn? What's your play here? Well, there's a shield between them, so he, he can't go backwards, he can't go forwards, the shield in front of him is, is going to open before the shield in fi- behind him. So he's going to be forced to engage right. Darth Maul before Obi-Wan Kenobi can get there. It's a whole thing. Like, it all kind of tracks out. And honestly, like, the the, the staging and the um, the blocking and, you know, like, the, the physics of the scene makes some sense. Right. Other than the fact that, like, what the fuck are those shields that are going through? I don't right. understand I don't what know. they're here for. I don't know where they are. But at the some same kind time... Of loading dock. I don't know. It's some sort of reactor core is actually what it is. They're always in fucking reactor cores. Yeah, there's a lot of reacting. <laughs> well, that's one of the, like, great mysteries of the Star Wars universe is that they have a shit ton of energy. Yeah. And a way of... Like, infinitely storing that energy. So, like, you end up with, like, these laser lightsaber things that are just pure energy that can melt fucking walls. Right. But, like, fit on your belt loop. Like, where the where did the energy for that thing come Magical from? Magical crystals! Yeah, you're not wrong, kyber crystals. But, like, that's actually just focusing the energy. Like, there's some sort of battery pack in there that just has a non-relativistic... Yeah. No, actually. But, like, <laughs> everything just has infinite energy. Right. And it's just can focus an infi- it. infinite energy system. Which is how you can travel faster than line. It's all a thing. But they... So they have this, like, whole fight there. Qui-Gon Jinn bites it. Gets a lightsaber through the chest, which is unfortunate. Um, doesn't die right away. He's going to have some parting words afterwards. But right, then Obi-Wan, right. like, comes in. And he is mad as 
fuck. It's true. He's very mad. He's super mad. Like, they're all about Jedi's don't show emotion, but, like, <laughs> Ewan McGregor did not get that memo, and he is going after Obi- or after after um, Qui-Gon's murderer, right. their Darth Maul. <laughs> Darth Maul. <laughs> and he's just, he's going apeshit. Mm-hmm. And he loses. <laughs> right. And gets kind of kicked down the reactor shaft. Right. And he's hanging there by like a block and he's like, and Darth Maul kicks his lightsaber past him as like a total alpha. Right. He's just like, I'm going to stand at the top and gloat. Yeah. Because that's what I do. Instead of like walking the fuck away. Like. Or like just pulling out a blaster and shooting him in the fucking face. Right. Like. Right. If you you feel like you need to finish the job, finish the job. Finish the fucking job. Just do it. And so... It lets Obi-Wan get his thoughts together, and he, like, rockets up out of the thing, force grabs Qui-Gon Jinn's lightsaber, and cuts Darth Maul fucking in half. Just in half. Just in half. And nicely, uh, there's no blood in Star Wars, because... No, there's only a blood spray that comes up from the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't see it. It's it's there. (laughs) There's a little red mist that comes up. Oh, it's like a mist. Yeah. Yeah, but it, like, cauterizes the wound, and he just, like, falls in half. Like, there's just two pieces of him. Yeah, he's dead, only not... Not in the comics. Not the cartoons, the the Clone Wars cartoon series, he totally is back, mm-hmm. and he's a badass. As, a, like, a half spider. Yeah. Well, I really... So, the front, the top part of him is regular, and the bottom part of him is the spider. What mm. did his legs do? do? Do his legs also have the force? There's I a really, whole... Is like, there really? Yeah, there's a whole other segue where, like, his bro... Where just no, his legs... Not. That would be amazing! I want to write that comic where, like... <laughs> where it's just Darth Maul's legs. Darth Maul's legs attached to, like, a drone, like... Right, and they go on an adventure. Yeah, like, some sort of, yeah, robot body, mm-hmm. and they just have their own little Rose and Krantz and Gildenstern are dead, kind yes. of. Yes, yeah, I want, yeah. Yeah, that'd uh, be awesome. Put a pin in that. <laughs> I'm gonna pitch that to Lucas Arts. Right, right. I'm sure. I can't draw. I can't write. I have no other thoughts other than the fact that I have one shitty idea. One shitty drunk head idea. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna comic. He's like, ah, we've made movies from worse. Yeah, indeed. Um. So. Yeah, and so Obi Wan and Amidala and freaking little seven year old. They took on a battle with them have this moment with the Gungans where they have like peace day celebrations or something. Yeah, yeah. And they have like, yay, we all won. Bubbles. And there's, yeah, and Emperor Palpatine is there. Or Chancellor Palpatine because he got elected. Because he got elected. He's not Emperor yet. That's two episodes away. But he's Chancellor Palpatine so he's in charge. Um, And like, yay, end of the movie, we win. Qui-Gon Jinn's dead. They burn his body and they're like yeah why doesn't he turn to a sparkly forest ghost and you're like I mean, you'll he find will. out later he will later he's fine he's good where do uh, they go when they're not sparkly forest ghosts who knows who knows who knows because okay so uh obi-wan yeah. his body disappears right and he turns into a sparkly forest ghost right as does um as does yoda as does yoda their body yeah. disappears. But Anakin doesn't slash Darth Vader. He gets burned to a crisp. Right. And then his body comes back as a Force ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, Obi-Wan, er, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are going to have, like, some moments. Like, there, it's implied at the end of episode three. 
Yeah. That Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are going to hang out together on Tatooine as... As father and son. Well, as like Padawan <laughs> master kind of thing. Really? I'd be like, I just graduated. Like, you died and I'm finally a Jedi master and now you come back and now I'm not a Jedi master anymore. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Remember the guy that killed you? Yeah. Right. I killed him 35 seconds later. Right. So, like, between the two of us, who's the master now, bitch? Right. Right. I don't, I don't need you force ghosts telling me how to live my life. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, but remember Anakin and how, like, he turned out? Maybe you got some shit to learn. Right. Okay, fair point. Um, But, yeah, and so, like, it just kind of ends. And, again, it's one of those things that when it ends, you're like, of course there's more. Right, right. Like, this has to end in a cliffhanger. And we knew at the time there were going to be three more episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, obviously, it was going to be a trilogy. Obviously, And we knew where it had to end up. Like, it had to end up. Yeah. Setting up stuff for New Hope. Yeah, exactly. But, like, it was such a weird film. Like, I remember walking out of it and just feeling, wow, that was fun. Like, I'm glad I got to see some new Star Wars information. I got to feel that feeling I got of, like, discovering this universe and playing in it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, none of that fucking made sense. (laughs) Like, who the fuck... Came up with this whole idea. Mm-hmm. And also, can we talk a little bit about the Force? Yeah, what about it? Okay, so the Jedi are in charge. Right. Right? They've been in charge for like... Centuries. Centuries. Uh-huh. All right? And They, they have get... the largest single building on the Capitol building, um, the Capitol City, the right. Jedi Temple. Right. So they get this little kid in, and he's the chosen one. And right. And he might bring balance to the Force. Right. So if you're good... Uh-huh. And things are good, uh-huh. and the force will balance you. He's gonna Why be a bad, would you bad man. look for that chosen one? I'd be like, Why oh, right. is balance good? No, <laughs> like, balance is horrible. Like, force, just because there are good things in the world doesn't mean like evil will rise up to greet it. Like, fuck you, the force. Can't things just be good? Yeah, exactly. Stop well, being such a little bitch. Yeah, well, also, we have to ask, like, good for who? Because, honestly... Right. It's good for, like, cisgender white people here in the Star Wars universe. (laughs) But literally everyone else, it kind of (laughs) sucks. Right. And, yeah, so maybe the Force is, like... A little, little social justice here. Maybe. Like, that would, I'd good. be okay with that. Social justice but force? I, f- I feel like that's not how it no, is. No, it really isn't. <laughs> like, I don't feel like that was at all the plan of the force. The force was just like, fuck you fuckers. Yeah, like, there's just not enough evil in the world. We need more evil. Yeah, so I'm going to make this little, like, seven-year-old like, sweet angelic kid into the most evil badass right. you've ever met in your life. Right, you gotta, you gotta take the good with the bad. That's yeah. how life works. You're like, that's not why I go to movies. <laughs> like. I don't go to movies to see how life works. I have plenty of life to know that. Yeah, I, I really want to just go to the movie and be like, hey, the good guys won, and the the morally ambiguous stuff was totally left on the curb. Like, I like movies with the morally ambiguous, but, like, not in my Star Wars. My Star Wars should be just fun. But anyway. So what do we learn from this film? Oh, boy. Um, George can't of, direct them. Oh, many sorry. of these people go on to do good things despite being in this movie i feel like it's just because like everybody saw this movie like and then you know it was like oh well we could get natalie portman she's done something i remember her from something <laughs> and they're like well she if she had this, so- like if she had some good scenes in this she must be really great yeah if you can act 
for George Lucas and have your motivations be intelligible. I bet with like any sort of intelligent director, you could be amazing. How would you like to be a mentally unstable ballerina? Right. Sign me up. Sign me up. It's cool. You're going to be the girl from the 70s show. Cool. All right, cool. I'm here still. Um, But, or, you know, Wes Anderson films or something, you know, whatever she's right, doing whatever now. Right, whatever she's in. Um, George Lucas can't direct for it yet. Like, he yeah. really, I mean, if you are a fantastic actor in your George Lucas film, you're going to come out okay. You'll be fine. Obi-Wan Kenobi slash Ewan McGregor being the major example of that. But everybody else, like, you can almost tell the moments that they were just taking George's direction to get through the scene. Right, like, whatever, I just need to go home. Yeah, like, it's, we've been through 12 takes, just, okay, fine, George, I'll do it the way you want me to do it. They do it, and George is like, that was perfect, and he edits that one in, and you're just like, George, this could have been so much better. Right, right. Yeah. Um, what other things are going on in this film? Um, really Wouldn't nothing. it be easier for Senator Palpatine to gain power in a different way? Like probably 27 <laughs> other ways. But, like, but he's like, no, I need the Jedi to do this investigation so that they could be like, oh, the Trade Federation is shady. But then I'm going to shut down the investigation. And yeah. then they'll be like. Well, and this is the whole thing where like Emperor the Palpatine. The Trade Federation is shady. Like, I don't like, know. Emperor Palpatine. Like. Senator slash Chancellor slash Senator Pal or uh, Emperor Palpatine palps himself palps. <laughs> that sounds wrong. Um, is going and then there's like Darth Sidious, who is the Dark Emperor, like the guy right. in the black robe, also palps, who's also Palpatine. They're fighting against each other. Right. I don't understand why you wouldn't just be like. More chill. Yeah. So they, they're like really setting up against each other. But part of it is that like whoever wins is going to end up, he's going to end up winning. Whoever right. wins. I'm like, just fucking put all your eggs in one basket and go for it. Like you are obviously <laughs> really good at what you're doing. Or, or, you know, fine, split, split your eggs, but don't try so fucking hard. Like yeah. both of you can dial it back a little. And yeah, like and pe- I feel like it, both of them would are going still be for believable, you know, like and yeah, he ends up, you know, I don't know. He just seems like the really hard way of going at this. Yes. So I don't know. Oh, <sighs> I don't know what we learned. I don't think we learned anything other than the fact that you can sell nerds anything. You can. And we went back for more. I mean, some of us did. We're gonna do episode two next week, so <laughs> brace yourself. Oh, boy. You can watch it this week. I mean, I can, but I probably won't. You won't. (laughs) So, anyway. But I am super drunk. Like, Lisa's laughing at me because my eyes are closed. Because the room is a little spinny. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Anyway, uh, we're going to sign off. Yeah. So, please parent responsibly. Yes. And uh, good night. Good night.